Hey, this is Derek Wetmore from the Score North Twin Show. Special episode today. We didn't have one on the schedule, but Derek Shelton is leaving to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kyle Gibson is leaving to pitch for the Texas Rangers. All kinds of news on the Twins front. So my buddy Judd Zolgad and I got together on Score North Live, and I wanted to share it with you, Twins fans, here. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. And we carry on Score North Live. Zolgad we'll in for Rami today. Now joined by Derek Wetmore, TCL Broadcast Studios. And uh, Derek Wetmore, where would you like to start? Because for the day before <laughs> Thanksgiving, when a lot of people don't work, there is uh, there is a large amount of Twins news involving either the team itself or involving uh, former employees of said team. You tell me, Man, the Twins guy. There where, are. Where I so just the three big newser items today. We can get into each one of these. They're all somewhat significant. Derek Shelton leaving to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates is, and I heard it first from Manny Hill on the Score North download last hour. That's why the download. That's why the download's important. You see, (laughs) download matters, and Manny Hill, I value your input there. Derek (laughs) Shelton leaving the Twins on its own would be like ah, okay. I mean, right. A good coach, a valuable guy, he helps behind the scenes. But, you know, you expect to lose good coaches off good teams. Mm -hmm. But what Shelton represents is what I think the Twins hope is the last in a wave of losing losing valuable coaches, which to me is super significant. They've lost Derek Shelton, basically Rocco's right-hand man. Yes, who was very, I think, very, very good at what he did. In fact, you might, uh, if, if Rocco was listening... You can call the warm line, just uh, grab Manny Hill, and we'll throw you on the air here if, if you want. But I don't think he would debate if you said, hey, uh, co-AL managers of the year, Rocco Baldelli, Derek Shelton. Yep. You know, there's a slash there yep. between their jobs. So that's a significant loss. James Rousen, the hitting coach, going to take a, a presumably better job with the Miami Marlins. That, to me, is a significant loss. And what's the title there for him? Uh, offensive coordinator is one of them, right? Bench coach and offensive coordinator. Which <laughs> Slash manager in waiting. Explain that. But explain <laughs> offensive coordinator. Does that mean that he basically comes up with the offensive philosophy for how they approach things throughout the system? I think that's right. I think okay. he, he's going to have his hand in directing minor league coaches. All and, right. hey, here's how we do things. One of the big trends in baseball, Judd, is seeing minor league teams make sure they're just an extension of the big league staff and it's something that frankly didn't get talked about a lot maybe 15 years ago but it's super valuable if you've got a kid Luis Arise thanks Rami's that's got good. the day off yeah that was good uh if, you came through if, if, you, I feel got, you delivered right there if you have a kid who's like understanding of every single thing you're going to be doing when you're in the big leagues that right. transition becomes easier so anyway i would just guess that's why they gave a title like that to to James Rawson. And the third and also significant loss that people are maybe going to overlook, assistant pitching coach Jeremy Hefner going over to take the Mets pitching coach job. All three of these guys get promotions in other organizations. Shows kind of the value they added to the Twins and also how well they can interview and things like that this winter. And what they know. Exactly right. This is Pirates, Mets, Marlins. I think, I think 
large chunk of dysfunction. Need some yeah. help. Yep. And so they can I think st- dumpster fire, dumpster fire, yeah. dumpster fire. So I'd like to, if, I, <laughs> if I'm running a dumpster fire, I want to steal your good idea. Hey, careful. That uh, that fire in Queens almost burned its way into the postseason. So that's, that's true. That's my Mets you're talking true. about. Yeah. Um, Alonzo, but, but, oh, but, like, that's three very significant losses. We don't often talk about coaching staff losses. And, of course, for the Twins, it hasn't really been an issue over the last 20 years. You know, you're not losing guys. But <laughs> When you talk about a uh, brain drain where a company gets super successful and then because of its success, people get plucked for other jobs elsewhere to run other corporations. That's exactly what's happening with the Twins here. It's a sign of success, but it also it's a treacherous footing right now as the Twins try to go replace two of those three. They already have their hitting coach, but they're going to have to fill two more vacancies on the coaching staff. So Shelton is going to be really missed. Big time. Shelton, so my, my guess is... I'm not kidding if, you. If I think all three them, of them. Shelton won. Uh, Rousen two. Hefner, I'm sure, was important, but he wasn't your at least your main pitching yeah, coach. I don't know, he was though. Wes Johnson, who, by the way, I thought also... I, I, thought at some, I thought at one point in time this year, that guy's going to get in front of somebody for a managerial job. Now, he didn't, and I'm not shocked by that, but I thought there was a point in time where somebody's going to say, because again... You can talk to these guys and say, yeah, we've got this job open. By the way, tell me everything that you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I don't know. I, so it's a good sign for the Twins for optics, yes. but it's a bad sign because of how much talent and brain power and, and just organizational understanding that they're losing. I guess it's I'd push back. one off season. Yeah, I, it's, it's tough to replace. I don't yeah. know that I'd rank them, to be honest with you. Like, oh, come on. No, I'm serious. That's what we do. I know. I get it. Don't, don't, don't I, come on. I'm I didn't hear the rank them. I didn't hear the rank them music, so well, I'm not compelled. Oh, I, can, I, can play, I can play that, dude. <laughs> so I'm not compelled it. to do any rankings. You like rankings? Compel them. <laughs> I can do it right Compel now, Compel the defendant. I can do it right now. Rank them, Derek, right now. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. You I think, honestly, dude. <laughs> Pie chart him. James Rousen. <laughs> Pie chart him. <laughs> right. 31%. I think James Rousen is a significant, significant loss for the Twins. The question for me is, how capable are you going to be to replace any of these guys? Yes. Hefner is a tough guy to replace. Think about his skill set. Former Major League pitcher. Speaks that language. Embraces analytics. Understands that well liked, correct? Well liked guy, really and him, yeah. I view him as the guy who sort of the, that that thread that connects yep. research and player development and analytics and coaching. That's a tough. Yep. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a pretty good curriculum vitae, Judd. And having that as one of the pieces that you have to replace, it helps to have Wes Johnson. Don't get me wrong, right? Wes Johnson will help, and they have other guys minor league side that are that are pitching smart, but. I just think all three of those guys ending with Shelton today, getting named the Pittsburgh Pirates manager. I think that's going to be a tough hole to fill on the Twins coaching staff. Now, Rousen was replaced internally, correct? That's right. They promoted Edgar Varela. Okay, Varela. Uh, all right. I believe he spent time with the team in spring training. So I think I've seen him around, but I don't know that I've met Who him. Who is probably face. Rocco's bench coach? Do you think? Because uh, I, I mean that that guy. Those guys aren't talked about a lot, but they are probably as imperative as it gets to to the potential success of a guy like Rocco. Bill Evers, maybe? I mean, just in that he's a guy that Bill's he super trusts. a baseball guy, right? Old baseball guy? Yeah, he's a guy that that Rocco super trusts. Like, he's the one guy he tabbed from Tampa and said, you got to come with me. Okay. And, I mean, I think that says a lot. But I don't know that you just one-for-one one replace a Derek Shelton. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, 
And I think if this all happened at the beginning of the offseason, the Twins would have been like, oh, okay, sweet. Well, so we've got three openings on the coaching staff. We like the guys that we still have internally. Let's move some pieces around. Let's move some body. But now we're in what? Late November. Yep. And some very qualified people have been hired around the league doing other things. Don't sleep on the Twins promoting from internally because of how much respect they have for the people they have in their walls. And also, don't sleep on them going a non-traditional route, whether it's whether it's the college ranks or one of these you know elite training facilities, whatever that's popped up around the country and gained popularity in the past few years. I I don't know what the Twins are going to do, but it's the Twins under Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. So I don't think we could just sit here and say. Oh, this is the simple arithmetic. They'll do that. Right. They're going to do something that'll surprise us. All right. Breaking news item number two. Kyle Gibson goes to the Texas Rangers at, yeah, and tell me if I'm, because I am taken aback. I I thought we'd see one or two years, okay? Uh, Jeff Passan, ESPN, reporting that the contract that Kyle Gibson is going to sign with the Rangers, three years Thirty million. Am I wrong to be surprised by this? No. I mean, this is the guy good for that, Kyle. Well, and to be clear, good guy. I liked him as a person. Very nice guy. Sure. But this is the guy that I watch nibble at times, and um, and and I I know I know he was sick last year. Okay, so we'll get that out very quickly here. But um, I'm surprised. I am too. Three years, thirty million dollars is a big contract for a 32 year old right hander. That's not a huge strikeout artist. And never really lived up to potential. Yeah, to say. I mean, first round pick, um, had some had some good moments with the Twins, but like his career ERA is 4.52. And I think that's what a lot of Twins fans would see Kyle Gibson as. He's the four and a half ERA guy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Nibbles. He was a ground ball guy for a long time. I was surprised that he got a, a multi-year offer for $30 million. Um, I don't know if you caught the coincidence here. But he signs with the Texas Rangers mm-hmm. a, a winter ago, one winter ago. His good friend from their time together with the Twins, Lance Lynn, you know also what? signed with the Texas Rangers. Same contract, three years, $30 million. Okay, I did not know that. There you go. Okay, explain this to me. Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are about as unlikely a pair, and, and I heard the same thing. <laughs> Very good friends. Yeah, they're big I buddies. I also was told that one guy... That immediately gravitated towards Kyle in the Twins clubhouse upon his acquisition, ill-fated from the San Francisco Giants, Sam Dyson. Really? How do how does Kyle Gibson, the most I think it's fair to call him affable person, like really approachable? Yeah, great guy for the media. How do you end up being friends with Lance Lynn and Sam Dyson? I don't know. I don't know. That's. Like, if I was to go to you and be like, all right, oh. Kyle Gibson's best buddy in the clubhouse, who do you think? You'd probably say a guy like, like oh, Joe Mauer. Mitch Garver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, sure. Mitch Garver, nice guy, two nice guys. I don't know, man. That's It's unusual. But Kyle Gibson was pretty well regarded in terms of being a good teammate. I don't know how I much. Agree completely. I don't know how much these guys are like best buddies off the field or anything like that. I was told they, that Lance Lynn and Kyle were very tight off the field. That, that I, that I can confirm. On road trips and stuff like that. So yep. you're right. And uh, Lynn was a big supporter of Gibson's charity efforts while they were both with the Twins. Like, I mean, it's it's unusual. But they're both Texas Rangers now. <laughs> 
Kyle Gibson. They're both going to be pitching inside next season. Kyle Gibson makes $30 million uh, in his first crack at free agency. I'd heard the Twins tried to make a move on him last winter. Would have been open to contract extension talks, Mm -hmm. but nothing nothing ever materialized. That never went anywhere. And uh, then he pitched out his final season. You mentioned he he was sick, and I think that really severely hampered him. In yep. 2019, and now the Texas Rangers are making a bet on him getting healthy and that they can fix him and get that good pitcher back out of there. So Lance Lynn uh, was a dud here, but we know why. No spring training. He He's not a bad pitcher, but the, the it was great circumstances, last year, but he was, but the circumstances for which he pitched here yep. were, were not good. Oh, for sure. And he was sour and bitter, and we didn't like him, but he came here late. He never got in a groove. It was bad. Um... So it's not like the Twins whiffed on Lance Lynn. The idea was good. The execution mm-hmm. from Lynn's standpoint didn't work. Yeah. But you know exactly why. Roundabout way of asking this. Is there any chance that we're going to find out that the Texas Rangers have a way to unlock Gibson to take a step that we didn't see here? Because it seemed like the Twins did work really hard with Kyle to take next step, and it never materialized. It's a great question. Kyle is... A fascinating character to me. I, I'm so on one hand, I really appreciated his his honest breakdowns of things. He was one of the most insightful evaluators of baseball, and he would have that I've ever covered a bad outing, and then answer every qu- about it. And like you could circle sure. back and be like, Kyle, what happened on that? Oh, yep. and you'd be, I'm tipping this off. He would go into great detail. He's not the guy who says like, oh, it was just one bad pitch and no. they hit a home run. He's like, well, you know, I got backed into a 3-1 count and I had to come fastball. It leaked over the plate and blah, blah, blah. He, he, he gives you, I feel like I learned things about baseball I from Kyle Gibson. agree completely. And with that being said, I think there are also times when he would butt heads with ways of being coached or taught. Here's how you maximize your stuff. Here's how you get the most out of your potential, your athleticism, your pitch mix, your ability He's a sinker slider guy. It's what got him drafted in the first round. It's what made him a star pitcher for Mizzou. And that's just not baseball in 2019. He's got a good changeup. He's got a great slider. And when he started using his fastball up, his four-seamer, instead of his two-seamer, I saw a real change in Kyle Gibson, the pitcher, in mid-2017. Now, unfortunately, those changes for the positive never sustained over a long period of time. So if I'm the Texas Rangers, I'm trying to unlock that guy he became. Fastball up. Slider, change up his put-away pitches. He can be a legit strikeout starting pitcher. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay attacking the strike zone? That right. is underlined with a bullet point. And, and here, that's, Pound the strike zone. Okay, that last point, though, to me, is the most important in this sense. Yes, he was not healthy. He was sick for a lot of 2019. But, Derek, we saw games where... Do you know what he did? He was the equivalent of bad cousins. If things went wrong, you could see it start to spin, right? The arrow is pointed in one direction. Yes. And and now now Bad Kirk has has fortunately for the Vikings of late disappeared a lot, which is fantastic. But there would be times where I'm with you, you'd watch Kyle and be like, Oh, there's something there for sure. There's something there for sure. And then like the Yankees would come to town and he'd labor. And instead of be instead of pushing past it, yeah, what you just said would happen and and the decline I don't know that that decline could be blamed on health problems that decline seemed between the ears much more so to me than the actual body at times also nibble 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 you can't but that's have what that. I'm saying yeah, but that that was that was to me upstairs it's always tough to know if it's a guy's mental approach or if it's his just if maybe it's an inability to repeat mechanics and he just doesn't have great command 
Um, that that's a tough one to decipher from where we sit in the press box. But I think that there is a there is a mental component, and there is clearly in 2019 a physical component. You see, you can see it on the mound sometimes, and it starts like he gets into the third inning, and it's like he doesn't have the same. He's just he's down 15 pounds. He doesn't have the same muscle. He doesn't have the same control. It's not the same pitcher. Sure, if he can if he can stay healthy and he can pound the strike zone, and he can continue to use his fastball and his secondaries complementing each other, Kyle Gibson on his day is a mid-rotation starter. And so the, the Texas Rangers are making a bet that they can unlock that guy. More Twins breaking news. It just keeps coming. We're full of it today. This is incredible. All right, story three posted right now, scorenorth.com. Jorge Polanco had arthroscopic surgery Friday to address an ankle issue, as you wrote, that bothered him throughout the 2019 season. What does this mean to Jorge Polanco? It is uh, probably good news that this guy puts an all-star season. He's available every day. I I named him the Twins MVP on the Derek Wetmore ballot. I know uh, Nelson Cruz is probably not losing any sleep over that. uh, I went with Max. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. That's interesting because most people Nelson pick Nelson Cruz, Cruz. And Nelson Cruz was, you know, he was great. So that, yeah. that's fine. But Polanco, yeah, that, this is. Uh, well, here's the thing: if he does all of that, yep. despite an ankle bothering him basically all season, what's he going to do with a clean bill of health for spring training 2019? The Twins have said they don't expect this to impact his start date, which is ultimately the best sign. It's an ankle procedure. He's going to be in a boot for a week or two, whatever. Right. In six weeks, guys, he's going to be back to. Baseball activities if he wants to. So range of motion and strengthening stuff will come before that. Mm-hmm. I don't view this as that big of a deal at all. If anything, it's a positive step that so they're switching shortstop. No, no, no. Turn that off? Okay. Quite the opposite. Okay. This is uh, ode to joy after a while. fun. Score goals in uh, playoff season. We're not celebrating this season. surgeries now? <laughs> That's right. Now <laughs> we're celebrating surgeries, Manny. Hey, hey, <laughs> as, Clean as bills of health. As I like long this. as the surgery was successful. I believe it was a successful surgery. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Check with the sources. Said, Next time you see the first press release, the surgery, unfortunately, was not successful. <laughs> <laughs> so in this case, cleans it up. Um He'll be ready to go, and he is one of the core building blocks, a cornerstone for the Twins. As I said, like borderline team MVP season, and boy, did it come at a good time for Minnesota. They extended him last winter with your guy, Max Kepler. Kepler. Yeah, those were great. Polanco will be a Minnesota twin on a very, very affordable contract for a switch-hitting Powerful shortstop who's a great hitter. Some questions about shortstop, but I was whatever. Say shortstop long term. We can get to that in a second. But they have that guy locked up through 2023 uh-huh. with two team options on the back of it. Hey, it's a smart contract. One of the best contracts in baseball. Shortstop, shortstop long term. <laughs> I know, but last I knew winter you weren't going to let me last, move on. Last it. winter we talked about this a ton. Here's how I think about it: Jared. second baseman, shortstop. I think Jorge Polanco is better suited to be a second baseman in a vacuum. All else considered, I would but. Agree. If he improves, which is always an if, and a guy gets to his mid-20s at a certain point, maybe you are who you are. I'm talking with like the range and the throwing style and the errors left, right, and high. That's You can't have that to be a star shortstop. Sure. But I think if he can make those improvements, he goes to a great hitting shortstop. Whereas right now, he is a great hitter who plays shortstop. Do you know what I mean? Yes. There's oh, a distinction there. So the other absolutely. part of this is, where does Royce Lewis play? How does Luis Arraiz fit into the plans here? Do the Twins go get a glove guy at shortstop and move Polanco to second? There are a whole bunch of outcomes that could move Polanco off of shortstop. But right now, as we sit in this chair, yep. I'm more confident that he'll be playing shortstop in three years than I was at this time last winter. Do the Twins care about the throwing motion? Because 
it, it is odd, but I think it was Morneau, maybe on Fox Sports North at some point last spring, talked about the fact that the Twins basically went to him and said, quit trying to come here's, over the top. You're not comfortable doing it. Here's how I think about it. You've got that weird motion, but just continue to do that. If he is the sort of throw it out of your pocket, sidewinder, shortstop guy. Sure. He's Philip Rivers. They yeah. might just say, hey, all right. Now, the positive spin, the rose-colored glasses, the Twins spin on this would be, we allow our athletes to be comfortable with what they do. It's how they perform at their best. The cynical spin on it, on it and the truth, as always, lies somewhere in between, sure. would be, hey, he's going to make 20 errors a season one way or the other. He's going to throw left. He's going to throw right. He's going to skip throws. He's going to miss time throws. Why not just quit messing around with his over-the-top stuff? And if he feels better about that one, just take the good with the bad, let him skip some throws at first base, and say, fine, you're our shortstop. I think that the truth is somewhere in between there. He did improve as a shortstop in 19, but he's still not one of you know the five guys that you'd pick on your all-glove team. And maybe you can supplement some of his, I guess, quote-unquote shortcomings as a shortstop if you surround him with, if you give him with a, a better defensive third baseman. Like Anthony Rendon? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be you nice. Know, and other, somebody Sano, other than Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is not your winning use, a gold glove this year. Your yeah. use of drugs before this segment is not appreciated, young man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just here maybe for takes. Josh, maybe Josh Donaldson. I'm just here for takes. Uh, I do but think yeah, that... I, mean, I, mean, I guess I just mean somebody other than Miguel Sano at third base. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Because if you have somebody that's a little bit better with the glove at third base, you can, it just, it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't fix every issue that you may have with Polanco at short, but at least sort of helps the left side of your infield a little bit. Both those guys kind of have the same problem where it's like you want their bat in the lineup as often as humanly possible, but they both have, and and I should say too, they both have flash days where like, oh my gosh, he made that play? Mm-hmm. Miguel Sano does that once a week where you're like, how did that dude make that play? A guy who everyone mocks on Twitter, how did he make that play? There are five third basemen in baseball that make that play. And then there's other times where exactly you're like, right. the pro- this is something you're like, yeah, Josh Donaldson probably would have had that. But the, pro- yeah. the problem yeah. with that, though, is you know the play Sano won't make. Up and down. And yep. it's too many times. And and again, I'm going to go back to what bugged me the most in watching the Twins last summer was Sano's inability to move laterally at times without falling down. Yep. And literally took himself out of place. Yep. That's the thing. I I just, you know what, though? I have no problem. I don't think it's a criticism to say that at some point in time he's a first baseman. He is athletic enough for a big guy to be like a, a, you know, not necessarily your championship third baseman, but like a major league third baseman. And then there are days, like Manny said, where he boots the ball and you're like, what are you doing? But he could have a pro, if, if he works at it, I think he could have a nice prolonged time at first base. It's tough. Because... I don't think he's the guy that you've got to say, well, you can't play first base, now you're DH, which, you know, some guys are like that. What are the things you question most about Sano as a, as a third baseman, though, right? It's his range, yep. and it's his footwork. Yeah. The, the best things would be his 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 daringness to make that barehanded play, and his cannon arm. Oh, the arm is... At first base, you, you just, like, erase the arm completely. You know completely. what the arm is, gentlemen? It's Joe Mauer. It's a right fielder's arm. Wow. Whoops, went there before. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. But I'm dead serious. You're right. He's, he's got, got that's the, I don't want to exp- I don't even want to think about that again. No, but that's why they did it is <laughs> yeah. is they yeah, they sure. said one he'll one lose of the weight. Yeah. Well, they they thought that it would be a weight loss incentive, but he does have a right fielder's arm. He's he's one of the strongest infield arms in baseball. Yes. Um, you it, just have to have the pill in your hand before you can make yeah, that work. It's tough. It's tough because I don't know where his natural position is. I don't know where Jorge Polanco's is. And a big factor in that one is Royce Lewis. Is Royce Lewis a shortstop? 
yeah, is Arise the real deal? Like, and if he is, then he's also what I would consider like a check or a check minus second baseman. So, boy, how All many right. of those positions can you start to hand out? Here's a question for you. So, at the end of season access that we had to Falvey and Levine, they made it clear that Royce Lewis was playing center in the Arizona Fall League because he wasn't a priority position player for that team. So the Twins couldn't say he plays shortstop. That's right. The team said he plays elsewhere, center field. Somebody else had a priority shortstop. Okay, that's a really good explanation. But are we buying that, or are we saying that, that yes, he was not a priority position player for his Arizona Fall League team, but the Twins were also more than happy to say play him in center field because really we don't know if the guy who by the way is unbelievable plays center field for us can ever play on a daily basis cuz this all that made a lot of sense put it this way the twins didn't have the choice there because they had designated Alex Kirilov reckless that's pretty reckless that was really reckless and i'm not even saying i mind it the twins had uh i didn't know you got into my uh goodie bag before the segment judd but that's really impressive that's really impressive stuff that you just came up with off had the sergeant dog. peppers on lights were dim candles sergeant. were going oh the herbs the herbs were flowing i was at a record store the other day i almost got sergeant peppers i almost pulled oh the trigger. you have to pull the trigger i i got uh kid cuddy album instead but maybe that's next <laughs> I just, i'm done with you uh, and I'm not joking, but no, I, I know you're not, and I'm not joking. I'm done with you. But so, keep going. So, the, put it this way: vis-a-vis Royce Lewis and the Twins and the Arizona Fall League, they right. had a priority position, which it was Alex Kirilov was going to be an outfielder, and they said outfield. This guy. Now, because of the wrist injury and because of some of the just the wear and tear, and like he'd still put together a pretty fantastic season, all things considered, they say, you know what? Let's give this wrist some time to heal. Let's not mess around with Alex Kirilov. Let's send Royce Lewis. But because they had already designated the position, they now they don't have priority to say, this guy's a shortstop, don't move him off shortstop. So they just said, hey, Royce Lewis is on the team, we want him to get some ABs, do what you're going to do with him. They put him in center field uh, in that Arizona That's Fall League team. That's what I'm saying. Could and have been a 6 is... call to Arizona saying, <laughs> if you're going to not put him at shortstop, can you please put him in center field? And uh, my point is that I don't know that the Twins were displeased with uh, their star, former 1-1 pick overall going into center field and showing some versatility with the glove possibly that guy could be a big league center fielder that was an open question when he was drafted it's not like this is fabricated out of thin air it was is this guy going to stick at shortstop or is he going to move to center field where he played a lot of high school baseball and it's making more and more sense because with buxton you just don't know yet so do you trade for monkey bets this winter judd no i would not i would not i don't i can't do one year of that because you'd have to give up too much boston would if boston if boston would take a deal for him but they're not going to sure I can't do that. Okay. Uh, last thing, what's yeah. the deadline on CJ Crone, and do you think he's back? First week of December. I don't. I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head what the date is. Um, do I think he's back? No, probably not. I agree with you. I think first base being open to is intriguing to me. Sano is one factor, but your guy is my other factor, Mitch Garver. Garver. He's got to play, and mm-hmm. you can't catch him every day. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Go- they're they're not dumb. They're not going to abuse Mitch Garver. Yeah. I wonder I how many guy, plate appearances they're looking at for him next year. I think Garver can DH some. He can certainly catch. Because I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't make himself into a good catcher. He did. I just don't want to abuse him at that same, position. Yeah, same here. I don't see him playing outfield again. Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother load issue. I see him playing for it. Okay. So is Cash, do you think Castro would be back then? Um, that's an interesting one because I think Jason Castro could go get paid. Monty Grandal is now off the Every, market. Yeah, everyone went more once. They're just ignoring him. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, they, 
I threw Grandall out there, and the White Sox, they must listen to the Score North first place twin show because Kenny Williams pounced and got that the deal The White done. Sox have cash to burn. Yeah, they do. They have all that Machado money that they didn't get to spend. I know, and they, tried, and they tried to spend it, and they didn't get to. <laughs> They're going to be active this winter. That's going to be a real three-team be race. I, I, unless I'm Cleveland sells off, and then it's a two-team race. But a uh, challenge to the Twins to stay ahead of that curve and defend your crown in Central. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Judd. TCL Broadcast Studios, that was Derek Wetmore. As uh, I said before, check out all his stuff right now with Twins News breaking right and left on scorenorth.com. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.